Thank you so much to our new patrons, Olivia Kalk and Hannah Hawes. Folks, you are the seasoning on our curly fries. The Patreon helps keep the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, and your very own Discord channel and role. Please click on the link in the description for this episode to show your support. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, the Lord of the Rings Gollum video game developer has issued a public apology for the dismal quality and all-around negative reception of the new game. Daedalic Entertainment released a statement following the growing criticism of the new Gollum-centered game, saying, quote, We understand that a game's success relies on the enjoyment and satisfaction of its players. We genuinely value your feedback and have been actively listening to your voices, reading your comments, and analyzing the constructive criticism and suggestions that you have provided. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, that was so cor- that was so corporate speak. I like, couldn't even so get through it. So corporate speak. I know. Ugh. And a new memo went out today. Make sure that you guys educate yourself on it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, what else do you say? I haven't heard anything about it. I didn't even know there was a Gollum game. Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, so it takes place during Gollum's imprisonment in Baradur before the events of Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty sure. I haven't done like a ton of research into this game because like why you're being tortured a bunch uh not i don't know if it really goes through all that you're kind of just like sneaking around in there um i don't know it's garnered a lot of bad press but uh, games get a time and stuff so i mean i wasn't over excited for this i mean i I love me some Gollum, some smeagol but i'm not a huge fan of stealth games and before this was even set to release i wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it uh i might pick it up if it goes on sale for like super cheap or ends up on game pass or something but I don't know. I, I guess I'm interested to see how the development team handled the environments, you know? Yeah, I'm always interested in the visual aspects of these sort of games because it's like obviously set in a world that I love a ton. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought it was like pertinent to this uh, podcast. But it's coming out and I was just like, I don't know how they're going to, why would they make a game out of that? Like, it's just you wandering around in a dark, scary place. Like, Yeah, I'm watching some gameplay uh trailer to it right now and it looks exactly like that like you're just kind yeah. of creeping around in a scary place and like, the, like the, i see he doesn't look cool like he does like, he looks does, weird no. like yeah, he looks like, super weird i don't know how they landed on the design not to you know kick the game while it's down but yeah right. like i mean it's definitely the graphics actually don't look that good they look like no. really good graphics like seven years ago i know it's weird it's just i think the whole project everybody was just maybe it was one of those things that sounded like a pretty cool idea at the time but then like as they got into development they were just like oh my god we just need to finish this this is so like such a mess but uh so there's that but there is a new game a new lord of the rings game coming out everybody uh that takes place in the fourth age which i thought was really interesting and it's called return to moria and it's like a survival uh-huh. game and it's about a group of dwarves going to go reclaim moria in the fourth age what? which is for anybody that's not super into lord of the rings it's it's after the events of lord of the rings so lord of the events in lord of the rings are the third age and then after that after the ring is destroyed it technically becomes a fourth age and so there hasn't been very much done with that like at all and so i thought that was like a pretty cool idea does the lore even extend beyond a little bit yeah that 
Oh, really? Yeah. I kind of thought it ended with like the Lord of the Rings and the events thereof. No, there's some other stuff. I think that uh, Tolkien had like this lost like sequel to Lord of the Rings. Really? That, yeah, I guess that could have been a pretty cool fun fact. <laughs> wow, he has a lost sequel to it, huh? It was called the The New Shadow. It's an incomplete sequel, approximately 13 pages, to the Lord of the Rings that J.R.R. Tolkien quickly abandoned. The manuscript was published as Chapter 16 of the Peoples of Middle Earth. The story is set in the time of Eldarion, so Elisar's son, Aragorn's son. Yeah. So okay, cool. Yeah. So that that's uh, that's interesting that Tolkien was just kind of like, nah. Yeah. Never, never mind. Uh, it takes yeah, place well, about a hundred years after. Bring this back. I mean, think about that though, because like the work is so large and like kind of like perfect in and of itself, it would be like quite a ballsy undertaking to like go again you know i'd be scared of it if i was an author like man i have to I know, make this so right? good or at least as good yeah i just watched some of the trailers of this uh return to moria it looks, looks cool. like a, a a building game like you're like yeah. building stuff and then like fighting like orcs and, and goblins yeah. of course. i'm gonna keep an eye on that one like it's not necessarily it's not really like my my normal jam when it comes to video games but i like the idea of going back to moria it, yeah i think that's the isn't that the plot of streams of silver by r.a salvatore as well pretty much yeah <laughs> and gontelgrim ah well also yeah. by r.a salvatore he kind of like apparently and if you live in the forgotten realms uh Faerun, and you're a dwarf you've just like lost every great <laughs> civilization <laughs> every great kingdom that you've ever forged you've at one point been driven from it and lost delved too deep <laughs> but with uh, the new shadow thing with the the tolkien um sequel i guess tolkien this is a quote from him, and he said, I did begin a story placed about 100 years after the downfall, but it proved both sinister and depressing. Since we're dealing with men, it is inevitable that we should be concerned with the most regrettable feature of their nature, their Ooh. quick satiety with good, so that the people of Gondor in times of peace, justice, and prosperity would become discontented and restless. Uh, he was just like, I don't even want to write about this anymore. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, I, <laughs> I had like this good like... thing going. I'm going to ruin it just to pick it back up again. I don't want to do it. Right. Because he kind of like begins the time of men with a hopeful like chapter, right? Like hopefully us men <laughs> where can, can we go from rise here? to the occasion. Down. Yeah. And then where can yeah. I go from here? And he begins with us being like restless and petty and like infighting and stuff. Yeah. For a guy that fought through, what was it? World War One. I believe so. I think it was. He was yeah, too old he must. For World War II, yeah. Yeah, I think he. Uh, he probably is, and right, rightfully so, is a little jaded when it comes to like the goodness of men. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the news. Um, I'll keep an eye out on the new Moria game. Probably won't. Probably won't play the, the Golem game. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, play it for I'll keep free. an eye on it too. Yeah, yeah, I'll play it for free or something if it comes how, out on Steam. How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Just wrapping up some books here. It's uh, it's both. With a happy and a simultaneously a heavy heart that I've been reading this week, just because we're we're wrapping up a few things that we've been in for a minute. We haven't been with uh, Scythe yeah. for too long, but I'm definitely on the last one of that one called Toll, uh, about halfway through, and I've really been enjoying those books. So it's going to be kind of sad when I finish them, as is always. Uh, it always is a little bit. And then the probably the biggest sad one is The Expanse, because we've yeah. been with that one for a long time, a hot minute yeah we're wrapping it up i'm almost done with leviathan falls yeah i'm probably about three-fourths of the way through it and then like i got to that point and then i just kind of stopped because i realized it was so close i was like oh i'm like one good <laughs> session away no. from just finishing this book then i was like ah, i'm gonna like read some other stuff just because I, I wasn't quite like emotionally ready to end it yeah. you know 
I was like, I don't want to say goodbye to my old friends just quite yet, though I really do. I'm so stoked for Faithful and the Fallen. I'm so yeah, stoked for Red Rising. Like we have some really cool stuff coming out, but it was just like, man, you know, we've been we've been with them for so long. Though I don't think that I was I will be hit quite as hard as I would have was by the Dark Tower. Yeah, Dark Tower was difficult to say. Yeah, that one hit sure. pretty hard. I was like so into those characters and like I feel like we had been through so much together, you know, not that we haven't been through so much with the expanse, but the Dark Tower has a has its own has its own weight to it, you know, like there's a there's a heaviness to that story. Yeah, I mean in the Dark Tower you're really only with the Cotet, you know. Yeah. Like and with the with the the expanse, like you're with the crew of the Rasinante most of the time. But like it time. really does jump around quite a bit too. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't know, the Dark Tower is like I said, it has its own weight to it that uh I don't know if anything else can properly I don't know, we'll see properly manage. We got some books coming up. We got we do. Some, we've got some books got some coming stuff up. Stuff coming. Yeah, we are Chad and I are not done, everybody. We are just Hell getting Hell no. The steam engine is going, you know. Damn straight. Uh I've read some uh He Who Fights with Monsters this week. Not as much as I wanted to. Uh it's so good, but uh there was just so many other things that I want to be reading. It's kind of my like guilty read. Totally. Because I know that I should be like reading the things that we have for the podcast. Nah, read whatever you want. Read I know, but want. Some, I know, but there's still like a schedule to keep. Totally. You know, there some, is, like, yeah, shit. a loose one. But it's uh, it's very good. It's like I just I have nothing to say. I'm gonna get I'm gonna bore people by hearing about them. Just like it's so good. It's so good. Like nice, cool commentary, Chad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is so good. <laughs> but it is so good. And like they're doing uh, the author's doing a really interesting thing, kind of especially at the beginning and the end of books kind of expanding the universe a little bit like especially at the end of this last one we got sucked into the wider world as a whole and we start seeing and interacting with creatures like gods quote unquote that are like bigger than the universe and it just kind of oh, wow. pulls the story way out and you kind of get to see some like of the strings being pulled the machinations from beings of like all powerfulness like we resided in another land and like it's pretty cool it's like a different angle on the story that i didn't expect it to take at all but it's really rad hmm. that's awesome yeah and about halfway through uh neverwhere by neil gaiman maybe a little bit more than half i'm like one good read away from finishing that one too cool uh pretty it's very good yeah it's very cool. good it's very dark yeah, it's a little dark <laughs> it's very dark yeah like there's sometimes it is not my guilty read but it is definitely one that i'm like i gotta be in like the right zone if i'm having like a rough day or something like yeah that's not the book yeah <laughs> that i've been picking up but it's it's neil gaiman and he is not letting me down in any amount of words he, he's just amazing he's an amazing writer He's like one of the best writers of our time, in yeah, my opinion. Very, very. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that that's. It's like not really a very good. hot take to say that either. It's just like no. I've, I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that would argue it, but I'd I'm be hard sure. pressed. To I find, don't know like, what they'd say though. Yeah. Like the guy is a brilliant writer. Yeah, he's and he does his own audiobooks too. Does he really? And he has an amazing voice. Really? <laughs> yeah, you wow, should listen to one of his audiobooks. Yeah, I mean, well, I he, should. he's got like this smoky, like earthy British voice. And it, oh, it's really? So, it, you should listen to him. He's a fantastic. Oh, that makes guy, me really yeah. wonder. Because I've always been like, I've heard the take of like, ow, oh, authors should like read their own books. Yep, and I'm always like, for Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I for, don't so think funny. that they should really. But so that's interesting to hear you say, just because it's like they're an author, no, they're not an actor. And like, you really yeah. kind of need an actor. No, you'll be for like shocked. a fantasy book, really. Yeah, I think Neil Gaiman should narrate other people's books too. Like, wow, it's wow, very, very good. Did you ever see um, was it Devils and Demons? 
his the story about uh the angel and the demon oh good omens uh, good omens yes thank uh, you no. um i haven't read the book and i haven't watched the show. Oh, i mean i tried reading the book like years ago and i just couldn't for some reason i love neil game and i love terry pratchett yeah for some i think i need to just really try to get through like the first like 60 or 70 pages of it i haven't just, read the book but i watched the show and it was awesome yeah i've heard the show is pretty cool it's real it's like funky and like yeah. there's like a quirkiness that's very like british yeah. to neil gaiman's work uh that i really like and pratchett too i mean yeah like something they collaborated on and it's just apparently it worked like i've got it on my shelf i should should read it but yeah it really did for the show i don't know i can't speak to the movie or the book but the show is awesome and fun and and quirky and just really cool i like how it started i like how it ended i like everything it was really really good hell yeah and uh i didn't know that neil gaiman was so prolifically turned into screen like he's got a lot of pieces yeah i mean he did sandman and that's yeah and Coraline, right now. Coraline, yeah for sure and uh american gods was turned into a show yeah, on stars uh-huh. yeah he's yeah he's, there's been a lot of them not a lot he's, going on yeah <laughs> there's a reason popular. that i say he's the one of the best writers of our age he's just so good yeah i mean even if it wasn't for like if you put all of his novels and short stories like over here he still did the sandman you know what I mean? So it's just, it, yeah. It's like he would already be held in super high regard for his work on The Sandman. And it's Have like, you read he's those also, books? No, I've got the first one up here. Uh, I get asked about The Sandman all the Is time. Is it a book or graphic novel? It's a graphic novel collection. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought I, it was. I've heard it's like the best one. Like it's, it's, really? it's like to the point where it's like silly of me to do what I do <laughs> and have not read The Sandman. You know what I mean? Like I've got it, the first one. Did he do one. the artwork for it? I don't believe so, no. Because no. I know he started writing comics at like 16 or something. Yeah, I think that... And I, I don't know exactly what the timeline is with Neil Gaiman, but I'm pretty sure The Sandman was like his first... Not the first thing he ever wrote or anything, but it was like the first thing he started getting a lot of notoriety for. Because huh, okay. like people picked that up and they were like, whoa, holy shit, Like this is really wow, good. I want to read that. Yeah. Do you know the first thing yeah. he ever wrote was a biography? It was a. Uh, it was about Duran Duran. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's weird. Yeah, that is very weird. That's another cool fun fact there. Yeah. Neil Gaiman's <laughs> first book was about Duran Duran. Yeah, seriously, that's weird. Um, so yeah, that and uh and Toll, which uh, I'm almost done with as well, uh, is what I've been working on this week. What uh what have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a pretty awesome reading week for me. Oh, nice. Gotten quite a bit done. Yeah. So um and, and that's even with the release of Diablo Four, which I've oh, been playing right. a lot, and it is really good it's really good it's so good that the like the servers were so overloaded for the first like 20 i bought it i bought it like the second it was available right i didn't buy like the hundred dollar version or anything but i bought it at like 4 p.m on the day that it (laughs) the day before like the day was supposed to come out or whatever right and i downloaded it and I just couldn't log in for so long because it's just so many people were trying to log in at the same time. And the Dang. servers kept crashing and everybody was getting locked out and timed out and stuff. And everybody on Twitter was really upset and Blizzard was just scrambling around trying to figure it out. Their hair on Those fire. Those days must know? be so stressful. I know, seriously. There's just like oh not enough gosh. you can do and everybody's upset. But And yeah. I was upset like for sure because I was just like, oh my God, I want to play this. This looks so cool. Even despite the kind of like rocky launch, <laughs> it's funny i like went on reddit and i was trying to just commiserate with people and all the comments were just like it's fine this game's amazing i got i played it for like 20 minutes it's, it's so good i'm fine with waiting for it and it really is okay. awesome yeah it's very good i don't really have any any real notes on it other than it's just it's like it's like 
if you play Diablo 4 and then you look at Diablo 3, you're kind of like, what the hell were you guys thinking? Like, that's such right. a dorky, like, cartoon version of this. Because Diablo 4 is dark and there's there's so much blood and so many pentagrams all over the place. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a very intense. You're clearly game. in, like, hell, like, realms of hell. Yeah, yeah. You're dealing with a lot. And um, just, just, they just streamlined a bunch of stuff and there's just, like, some pretty thoughtful ways. Like, a lot of stuff that harkens back to, like, Diablo 2. And um, just kind of like those older, kind of like more slow paced, like you got to like really pay attention to like conversations you're having and dialogue and side quests mm, and stuff like, like that. that. And it's just, I, I like it a lot. And so I was playing quite a bit of it and I'm trying and to finish games up. games have always been shockingly a lot story driven. Oh, there's tons, tons of story. Yeah. yeah. It's like a lot of those sort of games are just kind of like, go over there and kill the orcs. They're attacking this person. And you like I mean, go do them. And... You can treat it like that. That's how, that's kind of how I did diablo 3 like i was kind of hanging on to the story for a little bit and then i was like i don't really know what's going on Same. so i just kind of like blew through it but with this i'm like a lot more attached to what's happening but yeah and then i'm trying to finish tears of the kingdom too almost done with it and so i was like playing a decent amount of video games this week but i read a lot so what did wow, i read that's impressive uh, i mean not like a ton but i finished yeah, uh i finished the thunderhead uh, the second book in Scythe, I liked it a lot. I uh, definitely enjoyed it uh, more than Scythe, mostly just because like the two main characters, I felt like just had more agency and were doing a lot more. Uh, then yeah. a, a decent amount of the book is from the Thunderhead's perspective. Um, and if you haven't read the books, the Thunderhead is like this big AI system that was kind of mysterious in the first book, but we're getting like right. a big, He's what much the bigger cloud glimpse. becomes. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that more. We're going to be doing an episode on that tomorrow, actually. That'll be out on, uh, well, It'll be if you're listening to this on Monday, it'll be out on Tuesday. So look forward to that. So I've got some opinions on the Thunderheads talk, and I'm really glad that you and I talked about halfway through the book because I was like really hating on the book in my mind because of those little excerpts from the Thunderhead. But then you kind of shined a light on the direction that you think that the author was trying to take and the points that he was trying to make that I really agreed with. And that like helped me read it a lot because I was like, this is dumb like i don't like I the thunderhead and you were like no it's he's trying to make this point and i was like oh oh wow <laughs> and i was like surprised that... a really good job making that point <laughs> it was just too it was subtle. subtle yeah <laughs> like, i know i was yeah. surprised you called me because you were just like what the hell this doesn't make any sense and yeah, i was like i, was like, I don't think it's supposed stupid. to buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i'm really glad you did because it helped me see i think from the right angle though it could be wrong like it could I, be I'm a about halfway different. through the second or the third one and like i, I well I think you're right. Still. We'll talk about it in the, in the episode. Right. We Let's will. Talk about we will. I don't want to spoil too much. And then uh, I finished The Trouble with Peace. I, oh, nice. I cranked that book out. Man. Yeah, like, you that did. Was, whew, man, Joe Abercrombie is just, that's one of the best Joe Abercrombie books I've ever read. Like that yeah. book was awesome. There was book two in the Age of Madness trilogy. And wow, like the characters just got even better. There was a magnificent, chaotic total disaster of a battle scene at the end of that book i don't know if you remember it and i don't want to go into too much detail but it's 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 basically like it's it's like you're watching it and you're and i knew what was gonna happen i knew who was gonna win just based on the context of like everything that had happened and i knew for some reason that abercrombie wasn't gonna try to subvert anything and it's like Who's fighting who i don't want to spoil anything but it's like um it's like a kind of like rebellion kind of thing i don't want to spoil okay it, okay like I, i'll tell you after I the i think the i remember it i yeah, think i remember but it. it's like i knew what was going to happen and the just, spirit is in the book the first series right yeah yeah, yeah okay. this is a whole different thing but okay um but yeah like the battle scene there was this chapter and it was called the little people 
and mm. it was this chapter and it, it was like it was just darting around to like a bunch of different people's points of view during this big giant mess of a battle and it was just like it was so gruesome and it was so like pointless and just a total mess like it was just a it was it was so ridiculous like human life yeah and just, and yeah. just seeing he it does from a like really good job oh my god and he was just he's just drilling it into you like like war is the dumbest possible thing we could possibly <laughs> yeah. be doing and you're just seeing it from like not one not two but like 12 different perspectives in one chapter just oh. jumping around to like random people you've never even seen at any point in the trilogy and it gives like a whole backstory for them and like while they're fighting and just oh man it's he really Abercrombie's is, battles are something else, man. And he gets master. into the strategy of it of like who's got the high ground and like yeah. this person's fighting in mud and like yeah. it, oh, it's just it's the the stuff that I really love in a battle. Those I'm details. really really happy with this trilogy, and I'm I'm on Wisdom of Crowds right now, and um, I'm I was kind of wondering if I was going to be able to finish this trilogy before we got into Faithful and the Fallen because I didn't want to get my fantasy wires crossed. But these I'm, ones will be overlapping. I feel I, like too. I will yeah. definitely be finishing this before <laughs> I'm going to finish this in like the next couple of days. Like I'm. I've, I don't think I've read a like a fifteen hundred page trilogy this quickly in a yeah, pretty I mean, you long time. You started it like a week and a half ago. Uh, I started it like a, a little while, like three weeks ago. Was it okay. maybe like a month ago? The first one took me a little while to read, um, hmm. just because I was oh, reading man. so much. Was, like, fast. I thought it was like just a week or two that you were like, I started this. I finished the second book in like three days. Um, oh, okay. But the the first book took me a while because like it was very good. It was just like a little boring because it was just kind of setting everything up. Mm. it was just like yeah quite a bit of setup like the first like half of, of the book yeah um but yeah i'm really into that uh i finished a book called cemetery boys i talked about it a little bit uh last week and i just kind of started it but i finished it and wow i loved it i loved it so much it was like it was such a good ride it was so delightful it was is this adorable. an writer no, this is uh, Aiden Thomas. Uh, Aiden Thomas oh, okay. also did the Sunbearer Trials. It's about this like transgender teenager whose family lives in a cemetery. And his family sort of helps spirits along to the afterlife after they've died. Um, and Yadriel, the main character, wants to be what is called a brujo, but kind of one of these people that ushers these spirits along and everything. And there's like a whole ritual for it and everything. But his family's like really traditional or his dad, at least is the leader of these brujos is pretty traditional. And typically only men can be brujos. So his dad is just kind of like, I don't know, you're transgender. I don't really know if you can do that. Like, you know, huh. and so without spoiling too much, Yadriel kind of takes matters into his own hands and the delightfully adorable chaos ensues. And I, I really liked it. It was awesome. I had never really thought before about how like if you're a transgender person and it, like if your culture kind of like holds to a certain kind of like gender binary with certain specific aspects of like traditions of that culture like whether or not you'd be able to like participate in that and so i had just never really thought about that before and like how big of a deal that would definitely be and so hmm. it was just a lot of like dia dos, dos muertos like the day of the dead like and like all the sugar schools and everything and just like uh if you seen that movie coco the uh no the you haven't seen coco the no. Pixar movie? Oh, you should watch you should watch Coco. It's so good. Oh my god. Oh really? Coco's. I've heard really good things. It's a musical, Coco's. right? Uh I mean there's music in it. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a Pixar movie. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's like one of my favorite Pixar movies. But it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Just okay. like in the same kind of vein. Um, but it is a brilliant book. I, I thought it was great. Really good execution, really tight plot. Yeah, I'd recommend it to everybody. And then the last thing I read this week was <laughs> A Shocker on Shock Street, which was a uh, Goosebumps book. 
it was all right shocker on shock street <laughs> it wasn't very it wasn't very shocking and it wasn't it was all right i thought the idea was pretty cool it was like these kids they're this this like like invent a tesla coil in like <laughs> no no it's not even a little bit like that it has one of the coolest covers it's like a praying mantis on the cover oh cool it's pretty awesome but like it's like like the dad works as like a special effects designer for this uh series of movies called the shock street movies and so they go to the set these kids go to the set go check it all out because they want like a tour of the set you know and it's like after hours and stuff they get like their own special tour and everything but everything's a little more serious than like <laughs> what they bargained for and like i don't it was it was cool there were some pretty neat parts to it but it was just i thought it was a pretty decent idea but just the execution Are people getting then, murdered like via electricity uh, there's no <laughs> <laughs> there's no electricity it's what? so funny i think shock in the sense that you're scared not scared. oh oh, okay like, you know I'm I mean? but i no, i feel you like i feel like yeah, it i feel like there been. should be yeah. like a tesla fighter i'm gonna do a whole review on it for t i haven't done a goosebumps review for tiktok in a while but uh okay. i'm definitely i'll put one up for shocker on shock street but yeah i don't know for some reason like i, I just kind of got to the end and i was like all right rl stein like we really whoa wow <laughs> I am he was really struggling for that one. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Hey, when you write like two books a month, for sure. Yeah, I guess you can't really like say like this one wasn't good enough to join the ceiling. Like, you just got to commit. Every series has got to be accepted, you know? Yeah, I, I, so maybe I'll do like a whole 62 book ranking of oh Goosebumps. I don't know where this would land, but kind of probably not. Not toward the top. Not but... towards the top. Okay. And then uh, also, so those are the those are the books that I finished, and then I'm also reading a bunch of stuff too. So I'm reading a book by an author named Christopher Triana called "They All Died Screaming," which is um, whew. Uh, it's about a plague called the Scream, and when you get infected, you scream nonstop until you die. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's really that brutal. It's like I would. It's, it's splatterpunk. Like it's a whole genre of like. It's just it's like bladder punk. Wow, that's a cool yeah, name. Yeah, that's a horror genre. It's a cool name, but like you got to have a pretty strong stomach for this genre. Yeah, I bet. Um, but it's very brutal. Uh, I don't even know if I should really be bringing it up on the podcast because it's like pretty <laughs> intense and pretty negative. But I do like horror a lot and uh, independent horror. If this is indeed what it is, I'm pretty sure it is. But indie horror is um, kind of like no holding back. Like, okay. you know what I mean? It, it can you be pretty. A... It can be pretty intense, but I'm, I'm happy I'm reading it. I, I like reading some pretty intense stuff now and then uh, i talked about wisdom of crowds also reading leviathan falls i'll be done with that really soon we're gonna finish leviathan falls and the toll this week and we're yeah. gonna be able to start faithful in the fallen and red rising next week which it's is gonna be a so fresh Ooh. fresh week for the podcast which is nice i feel like we need that and then i'm still reading all the young dudes vinland saga i don't know why i'm still reading vinland saga i should have finished it like two weeks ago I, i've got three left and i go through them in like 45 minutes i could literally knock them all out i just I just love it and i just take eh. your time I just don't want to be done with it. Then I won't be able to read Vinland Saga anymore. And I just like it being on my nightstand. And like, I don't, totally. I'm being dumb. Like, I just, no, there's a comfort with that for sure. Yeah, I just I feel the same way every time show. I reread Harry Potter. Yeah, I should just finish it and watch the show and then move on with my life. You know, I just yeah, really like Vinland Saga. I think Vinland you're going to be disappointed in the show. Like, it's good, but I, I only got through like the half of the second season. And then I was like, okay, like, I don't know. I, like I was kind of bored lot. with it. It looks really good. It does look really good. Though you might like know where it's going and thus like have a little bit more like call to finish it though like i really liked the first season it was great and the second one was just like i don't know i just kind of got bored of it i think um vinland saga for anybody that's listening and you've never read it before um there's definitely some like really kind of like vibey pockets of the that series hmm. and i really appreciate them a lot 
um, it's not a series that's setting out to be super violent, which is really cool because it's about violent people, you know, like, it's, right. but it's, and I don't know if the show deviates from that very much, but feels pretty um, violent. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, yeah, there's violent parts and so don't, don't get me wrong. Vinland yeah. Song is not like super wholesome all the time, but there are some really wholesome parts. Uh, you know, like the main character is great. The arc with the main character is really fantastic. Um, there's a lot in there. There's, I, I feel like me and Makoto Yukimura, who's the mangaka that wrote Vinland Saga, I feel like we would get along really well. Like, I, I want to, like, get huh. beers and, like, sake and sushi with him. You can just tell, like, the down. way he writes the story, you guys would enjoy he, each He's other. got all these, like, little snippets of, like, his personal life. I think I mentioned it before, but he, like, talk about his kids, and he's just like, oh, I really hope that I don't screw them up or anything, because they seem <laughs> cool now, but they might not be cool later, and that would all be all my fault. And, like, totally. he's talking about, like, trying to quit smoking, and he's just like, I don't know, like, I kind of want to, and then I stop, and then I really want to smoke again, and, like, I'm just, like <laughs> he just seems like a very, like, down-to-earth person. I feel that pain. That, that, like, found something that they were really interested in, which was 12th century Vikings and hmm. and Anglo-Saxons and stuff like that, and and was just like, I want to write about this really really bad and then he he definitely did it like he definitely went hard with it and did a bunch of art and uh, i like the art a lot um i've also got berserk deluxe volume 13 over here which just came out Ooh, which nice. um it's about to wrap up berserk um i think there's like two chapters after where i'm at but i'll be reading that here pretty soon oh and that's gonna be the final one um i think there's like a couple more not deluxe volumes but i think there's a couple more chapters and then it's yeah that's that's the end but they'll be wow well, I'm, I'm keep, I'll keep everybody informed on what's going on with Berserk. I'm trying to keep my, my ear to the ground. It seems like Studio Gaga is doing more stuff. Okay. But yeah, that's about it for me on the reading front. Jeez, I'm reading so much stuff right now. That's a lot. I did watch <laughs> uh, the Guy Pierce Time Machine movie from 2002, I think. Oh, wow. The... Wow. Okay, so I've been really into period piece movies from like the late 90s and early 2000s lately, I guess. And uh, that movie was not as good as I remembered it being. It was all right. I remember it, it being pretty good. It was okay. Like, it started kind of strong, you know? But I forgot about the whole Morlock thing, like the last, like, third of the movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, Jeremy Irons at the end with, like, the really long blonde hair. And it's just kind of, like, weird. And, like, they have, like, this they have like this weird conversation that like like mostly makes sense but it like kind of doesn't and then <laughs> and then they kind of just like wrap up the part with his friend that was like living back in new york in the 1800s or whatever right and it's just right, like right. ta-da like you know i'm not trying to spoil it but i, mean, I don't know if you really want to watch it listeners <laughs> I don't know if it's okay like it's cool i mean there's something so endearing about like that specific period of period piece movies you know like late 90s totally. early 2000s and some of them are bangers i mean you got like gladiator Bang. Like, yeah, like Ooh. way over here, you got Gladiator and it's incredible. And then like right in the middle is like The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, sure. yeah, which yeah, is like yeah, yeah. pretty stupid. Like it's like it's a pretty, pretty but it's also like pretty cool. It's cool, but it's like very like, oh, just don't think about it. You can't yeah, think, don't think about, about it. it. No, you just have really. to watch it. It is very much like Tom Cruise comes in and does what thousands of years of culture couldn't <laughs> do. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> totally. why would these samurai not oh, be yeah, able no, to you can't this think situation? about it. <laughs> like, oh, if only we had Tom Cruise, if you know, only like, that's, had, oh, that's Japan, so feudal dumb. Japan had Tom Cruise. Yeah, it would be so great. Uh, oh, man. Uh, but it is, it's like, it's like kind of a cool movie, but yeah, then it's like, fun. but then like all, all the way on the other side of the spectrum, you got movies like The Time Machine, like Van Helsing with. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but if anybody has any suggestions for further early two thousands period piece stuff, hit me up because uh, I know there's some really good ones out there. There might have been some stuff I haven't seen. Oh, Troy, Troy is Troy is very good, pretty cool. Like works. It's that, a 
solid movie, you know? It's right about the time the technology could afford, like, huge battles, too. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You know, where, like, huge battles were awesome, and Troy does some pretty cool battles Yeah, I mean, that, that part where Achilles is standing outside the gates of Troy, screaming Hector's name. Whew. After dragging... Oh, no, no, no. This is before that. It's yeah, before yeah. he drags Hector's yeah. body. But, oh, that's so yeah. good. It's after Patroclus gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So and um, Helen of Troy is stunningly beautiful, if I recall. Yeah, that whole movie really works. Like, Yeah, it really works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Brad Pitt is stunningly oh, beautiful. Too. And he's and so Eric good looking Bana, in that movie, Eric, dude. Oh, my God. Like, when I was growing my hair out, I was trying to do, like, an Eric Bana thing with my hair. And it <laughs> yeah. seriously was not working. Like, I, just, <laughs> I, I, but, like, whatever he did with his hair in that particular movie, I was like, I want to look like that. I've got my 30s like right now. I want to look like that. And then I don't have the bone structure <laughs> that Eric Bana does. I forgot about that. <laughs> like... I'm like, I'll just look exactly like Eric Bonif. I just grow my hair to look just like his, right? No, actually, that doesn't work for everybody listening. Uh, unless you God, do movie, have that movie Eric begins Bonif. so cool too. It's with, excellent. Uh, I kind of want to rewatch it. Me too, man. You got me all hyped up on Troy. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me. Yeah, that's everything I did this week. Um, I mean, I did some other stuff, but there's a lot of reading, kind of catching up on stuff, and uh, we're about to wrap up. Like Chad said, we're about to wrap up some series and really get. A whole new, fresh couple of series up in here. I'm really excited. This about is going to be a whole new world up in this podcast, and I'm here for it, man. I'm really, really excited. It's going to be fun. I, I, as much as I love the expanses, as much it's as time I kind of, yeah, it's time to move on. I put my slow, slow mobile pants on this last week just because I was like, yeah, I'm kind of sad, but like, I'm actually really not. I really want to finish it and move on to uh, some of the new stuff we have coming because I'm really excited for it. Though I will, it's always with a bit of sadness, uh, nostalgia that I say fare thee well to the series that we've been working on for a while that's all right we'll, we'll do more we, we oh, yes. they had their time in the sun they did a long they did time indeed. in the sun we were supposed to be finished with the expanse of like i think like the first week of may or like oh six boy we're behind. a little late on that yeah we're not doing too bad yeah though. well that's, that's a huge yeah we'll be able to wrap it up yeah it's a huge huge series and i was getting a little fatigued with it like yeah straight up yeah there's a few weeks i was just like i'm just not gonna read you yeah and like the expanse um for anybody that's listening and hasn't read it and is kind of curious about it it really is an incredible series it's um, so good i think there are parts of it not not really i should rephrase that there were just times where i've been kind of down or i've just been kind of like tired and just like thinking about reading it it's just like oh my god like it's just right. <laughs> so it's just like it's so much going on and it's just you really have to like pay attention to yes. like what's happening you need to be in that story yeah you really got to focus on it i mean it's yeah. not like overly difficult or complicated or anything but no. it's just, like if you miss a few paragraphs because you're just kind of like not really paying attention to stuff it's not like that like no, you really fine. need to like go back and read it <laughs> there's yeah. a few chapters that like you can't miss yeah absolutely so no. it's like you kind of have to selectively be like out of it if you are going to be out of it for any of it because there are some of it that like no no you really need to learn that part yeah some of the conversations do feel a little bit samey after a while it's just yeah. like hey are you doing okay and the other person's like yeah i'm doing fine and it's like cool yeah. just making sure you're doing okay and like that can be like a six page long conversation yeah. sometimes <laughs> that's the only thing that's like my only real gripe honestly with the whole expanse series i mean I'd, I'd say the only thing that i've noticed is that the dialogue just feels a little bit 
like formulaic after a while almost yeah. like it's like they have like a template for how they want conversations to go yeah, it's like this person so. has to talk to this person about that event and then this person has to talk to that person about how the other person feels about that event and then they're like all okay and then, yeah, and then, event and then someone <laughs> talks to somebody else about how that other person felt about how that other person felt about yeah, something yeah, yeah. and it's just like man we're like six degrees <laughs> removed from like the actual thing that just happened <laughs> yeah. you know? but it's it's really rare I mean, not not rare it's just it those moments like there's like one of them in every book i feel like but there's a bunch of other really awesome stuff happening yes. all the time like don't don't let me being a little bit cynical for fun for funsy onesies uh like get you not reading it because it is i'm very happy that we read these books me too in the me way too. that we read them you know yeah straight up but it's time to read some good old-fashioned high fantasy baby oh like, baby yeah. bring me that high fantasy <laughs> it's time it's about damn time Dude, I'm going to nom nom just eat it on up. Uh, shall we fun fact? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Cormac McCarthy used an Olivetti Letera 32 to write nearly all of his fiction. That is a typewriter, a screenplays and correspondence over a 50 year period from 1960 to 2009. In 2009, the typewriter was auctioned by Christie's to benefit the Santa Fe Institute for $254,500. Wow. Right, one typewriter for fifty years. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the typewriter that's, that's been sold the most, which would be a good fun fact too. But it's a definitely up there. That's for sure. One. I mean, that seems like that seems like a thing Cormac McCarthy would do. Like, totally. I'm just gonna write it. This one's worked the whole time. I'm not getting a new one. I don't. I've never written like. I mean, I've used a typewriter before, but like, I've never sat down and written anything with a typewriter. So I can't speak to its benefits. I'm well, sure your fingers are going to be a lot stronger. Maybe, but those keys are hard. Yeah, they like they're interesting for sure. But you have I to mean, really like be like very deliberate with the typewriter. I will never go back from being able to copy paste, from yeah. being able to control Z. We're such sloppy writers with keyboards. It affords us to be so lazy because, like, imagine if you had to start at the top of a page every time you made an error. Well, I mean, imagine if you had to like use whiteout and like replace pages Ugh. i mean i i'm sure you could make the argument i'm sure that that maybe using a typewriter makes you focus more or something like that but like maybe i'll, I'll trade it away <laughs> i'd rather like focus on like, typing more but not on like the story that you're writing and maybe it makes you focus more on being careful with your words i don't know i don't know because i've never yeah, done it know. so maybe if you're if you're a person that writes analog like that uh, hit hit us up. I'm kind of curious as to me too. Why are you doing that? When right. <laughs> I mean, it really is kind of like using a rotary phone when iPhones exist, and it's totally. Like, it's like I get it having that, but like the benefits of having a smartphone are like a lot, like a lot. Yeah, like, they they kind of far outweigh the benefits. Totally, and having like a spell checker or something that tells me where to put commas, like those little squiggly red lines, as much as they may annoy some of us, are very helpful well i mean there is a theory that like our dependence on this sort of technology is making it so that if we didn't have it we would be kind of like dumber i guess but sure. i don't know if you could i wonder if there's been studies done on that i'd be curious to see what the literature is on that right because you could say it might make us smarter because we now know every time that it shows it shows us as in live in, in live format like hey you did something wrong there's some squiggly red lines you right click on it and be like oh a comma should be there you know yeah, it's interesting. Like, I I don't know, I don't know, like what the concrete evidence is of any of that. You know, it's like, right. well, now we don't know. Now, 
now we rely on Google Maps and none of us know how to read a map. And it's like, well, yeah, but like if Google Maps, if every map service is down, I think we got more to worry about than like totally able to, totally you know what i mean like i don't know it's yeah. just kind of like where my brain goes it's like yeah like i don't if, know do i even want to like be using a map if, if like that's what we've been dies our first yeah. thought, thought is gonna be like well people are gonna have some trouble reading those paper maps like uh, no this something else is happening <laughs> yeah like why isn't google working yeah, exactly yeah like something there's some kind of shift happened we yeah need. silicon valley got nuked yeah i mean like maybe i do need a map but like a map of the wasteland you know what i mean right like, yeah straight but up i do understand understand for sure that there's a certain probably kind of like isolation i suppose with a typewriter where the, if you don't have like any electronics with you and it's just kind of like your brain right like no other notifications are popping up or yeah, anything i can see that, I can for see sure. that. and obviously I'm you not, can also and, just go like you know my computer has an airplane mode yeah but it's not the same no you know? it's not like, but uh, so that's that's like my kind of attitude towards towards it like now but cormac mccarthy started with a typewriter because he didn't right. have a computer so it makes sense he got that, used to it yeah exactly i mean it makes sense that he would keep doing it but it's not that he never upgraded though right like i'm sure typewriter technology came a long way so you don't have to hit the key so hard and stuff but he just like kept the same one for 50 years it just worked i guess i wonder if his like editor was super pissed off like Ugh, again karmic <laughs> I, I guess stephen king upgraded quite quite often it was did just... he always go on a typewriter i mean he had a typewriter for a long time but then like word processors came out um, oh okay you know i mean and like I, I guess he was frequently upgrading i guess a lot of authors use microsoft word which is really nice because that's what i use and i always thought i always felt a little silly like writing books in microsoft word but i like it well what other thing is there i mean there's google like docs there's google docs i think a lot of people use google I, docs. I write a lot in google docs uh but i like microsoft word i don't know what it is i just really enjoy it i don't i don't know what it is uh google docs i don't like how when you type it takes like just like a fraction of a second longer for the letter to show up in Google oh, really? Docs. Have you noticed that? No. It's like weird. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen sometimes. And it's like, it's just what? like this it's tiny. It's so fast. I'm like trying it out right now. And I... <laughs> okay. well, I've just noticed it sometimes happens. I'm not saying it always happens. But with Google Docs, I've noticed every now and then there's like a little delay and I don't like it. And I also just don't trust I just don't trust it. It's just like, it's just like up there in the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Microsoft is like saved. I, I'm not, I'm sure you can save Google Docs locally. I'm sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, Microsoft Word is pretty cool. And there's like Scribner, which is like a novel writing uh, software, which I mm. haven't really messed with, but it'll let you sort everything into chapters. Oh, okay. And so th I've heard that that's for like very useful, especially for like outlining and kind of getting everything sorted out so you kind of have like a bird's eye view of what everything looks like because for me okay. with like my book it's just like you know <laughs> it's just a bunch of pages and a bunch of words you know like it's totally you kind of have lot. to do the organize organizing yourself i mean you can do it in microsoft word but it's like a little bit more involved of a process and yeah it's, it's like auto cut too which is a cool tool uh just a cool tool that i discovered online a couple of weeks ago uh, and the cool thing about it is you can like run reports that'll be like show me all the times that i'm uh telling and not showing and it'll like analyze your words using some like ai or like oh, bring up like yeah. you can run like reports to be like whoa words am i overusing it'll be like you used extra 14 times in the last six pages you should only have three you know oh, like wow. remove yeah. eight yeah it's pretty cool yeah it's interesting i kind of want to run my stuff through there and see like, really if cool. i'm like using passive voice or anything like that because you should yeah it has all those reports huh what's it called again auto cut oh all right well, i'll check that out
I linked it in the solo episode that I did a couple weeks ago because I discovered it. And I was like, this is really cool. I'm going to look it over. Uh, right I'll, uh, I'll send you the link when we're done here. Thank you so much for listening to the Monday episode. We love doing this episode and we love that you're always here listening with us on your Monday mornings. Thank you so much for joining us as always for this Monday. We have an awesome Discord uh, community if you want to hop in and find some more book folk, uh, kindred souls. And please go check out our uh, Patreon if you've a mind. It helps Evan and I quite a bit. Everybody, I'm going to take off. I'm going to go do some more reading because Chad and I have some really cool books ahead of us and we hope that yes, you join we us do. for all those episodes. If not, join us for the Monday episode and the Friday episode, as always. Hope you all have an excellent rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.